Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. John, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Every day there's some news out of the NFL. What's it going to be today? Because yesterday into today, it's Bruce Arians retires. Head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Then, by the way, follows that up with a nice playoff run. Then Tom Brady, no, Tom Brady's coming back. Now Bruce Arians retires, and Todd Bowles will be head coach. What is Todd Bowles going to need to do to be successful the second time around? Someone who covered Todd Bowles with the Jets is going to tell us in 10 minutes. It's going to be right here. Meantime, Julius Randle. Coming off a career year last year, led the Knicks to the playoffs for the first time in a billion years. I looked that up. It's been a billion years since the Knicks were in the playoffs. <laughs> they got there with Julius Randle, who was basically doing what he's done his whole career, but the three ball was falling. Hit a lot of threes, a lot more than he normally does. So the shoot, so the scoring average went up, and we already know he averages lots of boards and all that. So at any rate, this year that regressed to the mean, and so now there are problems because he got paid and he's not like, you know, the number one guy or not playing like a number one. That started really in the playoffs last year. Julius Randle at the Knicks postgame presser, a game they lost. How's your relationship with New York City changed? Probably something you should ask yourself, man. I'm, I'm not really sure. I mean, I'm cool, bro. Like like I said, my, my goal and, you know, what I work hard for is uh, to make the city proud, to make the fans proud. You know, I play for my teammates, play for my family. Uh, and it's as simple as that, bro. Like, it's nothing, it's nothing, nothing more than that. So from the inside looking out, uh, <laughs> it is what it is. At the, at, at, I understand that a lot of times you got to just kind of let your game do the talking and, and, and go from there. But like I said, man, I love the city. I love... Uh, my family loves it here. You know, I'm a Nick. That's what I. That's what I love. I love being a Nick. So, Julius, do you see things changing in the off season? Yeah, absolutely, man. Everything's a lesson. You know, you learn from experiences like these and keep moving forward. I'm not sure if that was the question. He didn't seem to answer that question exactly. But Evan, yes, that was the question. That was the question. He he seemed to give a curious answer. Didn't seem to be a direct response to the phrasing of that question, but that apparently was, in fact, the question. What should the Knicks do about Julius Randle, Jay? They should trade him. Uh, I, I, I hear everything that Julius Randle is saying. I've known Julius Randle since he went to Kentucky. I watched his game continue to progress, and I, I think he has tremendous talent. I thought he caught lightning in the bottle last year at the right time. I mean, the Knicks caught lightning in the bottle, and I'm glad that that equated – to a payday for Julius Randle. Four years, $117, $118 million. But Julius Randle cannot be your 1A. And watching the progression of R.J. Barrett taking over that role and becoming that superstar for the Knicks to a degree, the way Julius has handled the media, the the way he's handled the leadership role for this team, the way he's not been the extension of Thibodeau on the floor, and the game the other night, against the Bulls when they got the win, really epitomized what this season has been like for Julius Randle from a leadership perspective. The team won the game. They were celebrating together. He didn't celebrate with the team. He beelined towards the locker room. And that, to me, is a sign of somebody who doesn't want to be here. So I appreciate him that he said the right thing. He was politically correct. But just because you say it doesn't make us believe it. Well, I think he's a good basketball player. I never, ever thought when he was a Laker, for instance, that he was 1A. Um, 
I, I think when you look at Julius Randle, though, a lot of people just felt like because he had a resurgent type year, got the big extension, that he was the one A for the Knicks. And no, I, I think if I mean, you're on a championship team, he's probably the third guy at best to me. Um, right. I, I just never, I've never bought into his style of play. Inconsistent, uh, but very good. Very good. No basketball right hand, player. but key. No you know, right but I know hand. He reminds me of key. He reminds me a little bit like of. And I'm not saying that he's done enough to warrant this type of mentality, but the way I've known Julius to view Julius is more like a Russell Westbrook, where I don't know if he'll ever be willing to accept being the second or third guy. And I think that ultimately could lead to his demise. Like, that could be a problem for him because, you know, accepting the role key, you know what that is for certain guys that think they're the guy, especially when they get paid to be the guy. Well, you don't see me shaking my head, but that's a different thing. <laughs> so when you say, well, you know what that is, I'm sitting here going, not like no, that. Actually, not, no, not like I that. don't, no. but yeah, I understand. Like I don't know. That Wayne, that Wayne Krebet's no. pretty good. That Wayne Krebet is pretty Listen, uh, the Knicks lost to the Hornets, guys. They can be eliminated uh, from the playoffs as early as tonight if the Hawks beat the Cavs. Oh, that means By I'm going to get my suit from Stephen A. Smith tonight. Apparently. Yes. And the Hawks could, re- could technically eliminate the Knicks from the playoffs two years in a row because they eliminated in the playoffs last year and you know why we're talking about Julius Randle Trey Young can run a team Trey Young can be the best player on your team you'd be a powerhouse right no one does it by themselves but see here's what I would say about that I don't know if Trey Young he could be the best player on your team but I don't know that Trey Young can lead you to a championship being the best player on your team well Mm -hmm. okay that remains to be seen but he has won a playoff series right I I just don't but he's already won a playoff series he's done that yeah he has but we talking about but it was championships. against the Knicks. Exactly. It doesn't count. I was going to say, winning <laughs> and, a championship, and, and, winning a playoff series and, is different. Well, and he played well against Philly at times. He did. But my point is, whatever level you want to put Trey Young on, it's above Julius Randle. Julius Randle, in my view, Key, I'm with you. If he's the second best player on your team, you're also going to have a problem. At best, to me, he's a third option on offense. And, could, and he can do – he's a you know, double-double. He'll grab you boards. He'll, he'll do some things. Could he be the second best player on a – Five-year-ago LeBron James-led team? Jay, could he be that? The second-best player on a LeBron James-led team? I don't think he could, no. I think LeBron needs more than Julius He, need, he needs more yeah. than Julius Randle. Okay. Yeah. But, but see, okay. I, 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 Alan Hahn, you know, from Barton Hahn, came on our show last hour, and he kind of gave the pie-in-the-sky scenario. Like, a, 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 you know, he epitomized what a New York Knicks fan would really want about Zion Williamson. I almost see, like, a situation like the New Orleans Pelicans with – C.J. McCollum and Brandon Egram and Julius Randle, like that's a better fit for him than me trying to put him on a team like the Lakers where it's championship or bust. Yeah, you but know? see, if you had McCollum and you had that down there with the Pelicans, then that's a different team. Pieces that are compatible but with the, the way pr- Julius Randle yeah, plays. But the yeah, problem absolutely. with that, there's a problem with that to me. And this is the Daryl Morey thing when he had Ben Simmons and wanted to trade him and they offered McCollum. And he said, whatever you think of the eventual trade, he said, I think, we think, Ben Simmons is a difference maker. I'm only going to trade him for a difference maker. I don't think that's Julius Randle. But let me tell you, see, I think. I think it is Zion if he's healthy. I don't think this? it's Julius. So much is personnel. If the Knicks had CP3 and Buddy Hield with Julius Randle, yes, I would love it. that's a different team. I would yeah. completely CP3 is in the guy. East. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah, you need some compete. 3 and D wing defenders where you got a guy that can space out the floor, knock down shots. You got the point guard who can run the show. He would put Julius Randle in positions to succeed. Mm-hmm. There's nobody really running this team like that. Derrick Rose was the closest person they had. 
bad, but he's been injured. Best fit for Julius Randle. You mentioned it earlier in the show. Denver? I, w- I would say Denver because I like the thought of having – now, you have to figure out what they do with Aaron Gordon, but I don't know if Aaron Gordon is a great piece for them. I, I like Jokic, Julius Randle combined with uh, – Michael Porter Jr. combined well, with the Jamal the Murray. Out. That, like, you wouldn't be able to guard that team. No. Everyone everyone on the team is a shooter. So you do give up a lot defensively, though, from Aaron Gordon. But still, I think. Yeah. What I, would you want from Denver? I would want Will Barton. I would want Monte Morris, which would take away from their depth. And I would want a first-round pick. See, I think, I think that's a lot for Julius Randle, given his contract. I think the Knicks would jump at that. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Even if you gave me a first-round pick and you gave me Monte Morris, I would consider it. Because yeah. I need a point guard. And Monte Morris could be a guy that could be an extension of Thibodeau on the floor. Yeah. And it gives me another draft pick to, to leverage in the market. Y'all and this Thibodeau, extension of him, boy, y'all. I, Ooh, y'all I'm, I'm, I'm with Key, though. I don't think yeah. Thibodeau I don't creates think Thibodeau, an atmosphere that's yeah. – that's, that's, uh, I, I don't you know, think he's the answer for stars. Don't, jump through the mic. The only me. problem is, Key, when you, you see every two years they're going through a new coach. I, I mean, I, I, don't, get, I, I get I don't it. think he's the answer either. But I, I don't think right now is hey. the best time to have a suitable replacement for him. Hey, Don LaGreca, co-host of the Michael K Show on 98.7 ESPN. Is Tom Thibodeau the right coach for this team, Don? I don't think so. Hmm. I, know he, I know he did some nice things in Chicago and Minnesota and built them up into playoff caliber teams, but he's already done that with the Knicks, what he was able to do last year. Now you're trying to nurture a young team, and I'm just not sure whether he's perfect for it doesn't mean he's not a good coach I think he's a very very good coach but what looks like you're going to have to rebuild because let's stop the fantasy that they're going to bring in big free agents they never do that they're really stuck with only you know drafting building and cultivating young talent is he the right coach for that or is he the coach that comes in teams underachieving he gets them to overachieve and get them into the playoffs that's the kind of coach he is not somebody who's going to take a bunch of draft picks mold them over the next two, three years into a championship team. Don, I, you know, I listen to you, Peter Rosenberg, and Michael Kay almost every other day uh, in the car with my kids, and I'm curious, pie-in-the-sky scenario from a Knicks fan perspective as it relates to a head coach, who would it be? Well, that's a good question. Somebody like a, like a younger player, a younger coach, like, like a Spolstra type guy I think would be per- – now, obviously, you're not going to get that. He's one of the top 50 coaches of all time, right? So you don't want a college guy. You want to try to bring somebody in – that has experience, but I, I think is young, relatable to the young kids, uh, is, is right for New York, understands New York, and he's not young, but we keep talking about Jeff Van Gundy. You know, that, that's the name that always kind of comes up to us, a guy that understands New York. He's been through all of the wars. He knows the game well. I think he would help with young players. And Don, how about Mark Jackson? That's another Mark one that Jackson? I think. I don't know why people don't look at Mark Jackson as a shot. Like he has I, history here. I, I I don't get it. Yeah. Why, why do you? But why do you have to have history in New York? What I don't you understand. Don't, you you don't. just be a, a good coach. A good coach is what you should be looking for. No, I, I don't. I don't think it's a prerequisite key, but I do think it helps. You know, when know, you're when Don, you're you dealing think? with the media and the expectations, right, Max? I mean, you you can't say that it doesn't help. It's not going to help. It's, of course, it's going to help Buck Showalter with the Mets that yeah. he had his time with the Yankees and, and kind of gets it. it. Guys, you know how overwhelming like New York can be early on, no, especially I, with the I, You know what, Don? I he, totally get it as a player who played there and, and, and dealt with it every single day. But I just, when I always hear people about New York sports, we need a New York type guy. But I said, that has nothing to do with it. If you're winning because coaches go to places they've never been before and they coach and they do fine. But I, I understand. Don's point. I would add this wrinkle to it, guys. It depends. Like, here's the problem with the Knicks. 
It's been so long, Don. Forget about the Patrick Ewing era. They didn't win a championship then. It's right. been so long since the Walt Frazier, Willis Reed days, right? When born. That, that those guys aren't around anymore who are going to coach. I like connections. When you say Showalter to the Mets, he was with the Yankees. He built them up. They at least made the playoffs at a time where it was hard to make the playoffs, right? That's mm. a little bit different. If you look at the Lakers history, when you bring people back from the Lakers past, it's because they're from a championship era inevitably with the Lakers. With the Knicks right now, when we go, Mark Jackson is the glory days in my lifetime. But, Don, in a way, it's a bad reminder oh, that the glory days didn't include any, ultimately, any championships. Yeah, you know, I was talking uh, off the air with, with, with uh, Andrew Gunling, my producer, yesterday. I said, isn't it just strange that the glory years for the Knicks are, you know, Charles Smith not being able to dunk the ball? You know, it's it's a... It, it, it's a John Starks dunk in a series they lost. Yeah, it, it it's so crazy. You know, you look at every other team like the Mets. It, it's eighty six, right? You know, for the Yankees, it's those four championships of five years. For the Giants, it's eighty six and ninety. When you go back into the history, what history does this team have other than you know a couple of runs to the conference final and one run to the NBA final? So yeah, you're going to have John Starks. You can bring back Oakley. You're going to bring back you know you can't. That that doesn't work. So, like, Van Gundy kind of does both of that, though, because he was part of that era. But I, I'm with you, Max. Era is supposed to be championships, not not failures. I mean, you think about that, that final. It was great. You think of Starks. What was it two for 18? <laughs> you think of, oh, the rivalry with the Bulls. Well, what rivalry with the Bulls? You didn't beat the Bulls until Jordan was gone. But that. But you know how old you have to be? To go back to, Don, to I'm 70 and 40, 73? I'm, I'm 49 in August, and I was not alive the last time they won a championship. Yeah, Don, I, I don't see Oakley walking through those doors either. I think that would be <laughs> No, but my, my point <laughs> is, like, who? Ewing begged for the job. Yeah. He begged for the job, and they wouldn't give him the time of day. So uh, it's I, – I don't know how you guys feel about Van Gundy. We love him. We have him on the show. He just seems like a guy that I think would be – great some Nick fans are upset because he quote-unquote quit on the team but I think he's built up enough equity since then to where I think that would be great and Mark Jackson I'm with you guys too you're telling me Golden State wouldn't have had that run with Mark Jackson exactly and Don speaking of that run a a guy that actually has really kind of taken on the mantle of being the guy is R.J. Barrett but some of the conversations I've been having with a lot of my boys around the block you know over the last several months is do the Knicks give him the rookie max extension and I like for some reason in my mind, Don, when I think rookie Max Ascension, I'm like, that's Luka Doncic. That's mm. guys, Trey Young. Those are guys that are staple guys, guys that can take over games, and you know you want them there for the next, you know, 10 to 15 years. And I look at what the Knicks just gave Julius Randle, and I'm looking how that's panning out, and it makes me slightly hesitant to give it. And he's a Duke guy. This uh, is my young fella. It makes me hesitant to give him the rookie Max. How do I, you feel? I, I'm with you. I mean, I, listen, I love him. But what, what were we talking about, Randall, last year? Like, oh, that this is this is the building block, right? And then you fast forward, not even a year later, and he's out the door. Uh, I was saying on the air yesterday, I hope Barrett's taking a look at what's happening with Randall and realizing, like, what could be if you're not careful. And he's a great kid. I don't have to worry about giving a finger to the fans and all that. But, you know, how it can all just turn. I, I need to see more. I, I'm always hesitant, um, Jay, when you talk about – players that emerge on teams that aren't that great mm. you know so you don't know about the big moment because yeah there's been moments but how much of this is boy he's a really good player just on a team that's that's not going to the playoffs so I, if he was having this kind of year last year when a team was you know driving to the four seed I'd have a little bit and more to look at but 
you know, what, what, what has this team been this year? Don, He's really the only positive. That's yeah. the whole shooting match to me is R.J. Barrett. Given his age, because he's still so young, 21, given his improvement and his potential – his development to me, Don, is the whole thing. You want an atmosphere that superstars want to play in. Not only do you need the right coach and the right culture, you need at least a player there, even if it's just for his value in a trade, who's an all-star caliber player perennially, right? And, and mm-hmm. RJ at least has the chance to do it, but that's at least a year away based yeah. on his present development, right? I mean, you, you, he's you not right just- there. You, you just got to wait and see. We, we, we've been fooled too many times, right, Max? Just right. not not just here with all different uh, teams in New York where you get, you know, you look at what happened with Jeremy Lin, right? I mean, the guy was just unbelievable. And, and what did that pan out? And, <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to laugh, Tom, but I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, New York just loved that hype, boy. They had the Jeremy Lin train going, and then all of a sudden now we're talking Zion. They're getting ready to just lose their minds if they don't get Zion. And then you brought up Jeremy Lin, which made me chuckle. Don LaGreca, co-host of the Michael K. Show on 98.7 ESPN New York, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Let's switch gears to football, Don. Todd Bowles gets another opportunity and a shot in Tampa Bay now, taking over for Bruce Arians. You think this time around – because it did not work out in New York the way things were constructed in New York for the Jets, that now things are in place. Tom Brady's the quarterback. He has a top-five defense that he is now going to be seen as the coach the Jets wish they had. Yeah, I really hope so. I'm such a Todd Bowles fan. I think he's a terrific coach. I was happy he was able to get that ring uh, a couple of years ago as the defensive coordinator in Tampa. He's so ready for this gig. You know, people forget that first year with the Jets. What was that, 2015? They went 10-6, and six and they kind of folded up against Buffalo in the final week of the season and missed the playoffs, and then it kind of all fell apart from there. You had the Idzik and, and McCagnan kind of drama, and they didn't know whether they wanted to rebuild, whether they wanted to go for it. And, and you, know, you know, Fitzpatrick was a nice quarterback, but he wasn't anything to kind of really build on. And now he's going to sit there in Tampa with Tom Brady as his quarterback. I mean, just so well-deserved for the guy. I'm so happy. And, and now you'll be able to see the kind of coach – he can be. No offense to the Jets, but at that particular time, they were not ready to win. And now he's with a team that is, and I'm, I'm really – I think they're going to – I'm a big Arians fan, and I hope everything's okay with him in this um, surprise retirement. But I think Bowles is ready, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's a perfect situation for him. I'm so happy for him. Don, let's make a quick transition to the Yankees. Let's talk about what this upcoming season means for Aaron Judge. What are your thoughts on him? Obviously, having some injuries last year, battling. Huge year coming up for him contract-wise. Where do you see the Yanks? Well, I mean, last year was actually the year where he was able to stay on the field for long stretches, right? He had a little bit of an issue earlier in the year, but ended up playing a lot of games. What you got to avoid is is that, you know, 100-game season, which he's had a couple of times early in his career. When he's healthy, Jay, he's one of the best players in baseball. If you tell me he's going to play 150 games this year, I think he's going to be right there to win the MVP. I don't worry about him as a player. I worry about him long-term health-wise. Now, he hasn't had you know, the wear and tear of the body injuries. He's had kind of had like fluke type of injuries, getting hit by a pitch, running into the wall, diving after a ball in the outfield. But the thing that concerns me is giving him a long-term contract. You really think that body's going to age well in baseball without the ability to DH because you've got Stanton there. So I don't worry about a healthy judge. I think he's terrific, and he'll handle the pressure, and he'll handle New York when he gets the contract. Just the question is, is he a guy that's going to be able to go out there, play 140, 150 games, for the length of the contract, and if he puts together a big-time season this year, it's really going to help the confidence because it'll be back-to-back years. I hear you about Judge. I have the same concerns. He's also pushing 30. He's 29 years old. But he's a guy. He's actually a five-tool player. 
He yeah. can take the ball the other way. He can hit for average. He can hit for power. He can run. He can throw. He can catch. Like, he is a five-tool player. And, Don, there hasn't been a guy exactly like him. Uh, apologies to Reggie Jackson and Daryl Strawberry since, like, Mickey Mantle. He's in the he's in that like the you know the Babe Ruth Mickey Mantle. Oh my god, he just hit the ball 1100 feet. Right. He hit 52 home runs as a rookie. You know, it's like I don't see how they could let him walk away. Can they actually let him walk out the door? No, I I don't think it'll happen, but it is but don't be would you be surprised Max if they give him the contract 6 years option for a 7th and by like year 5 you're like, "Oh, God. Nope, but I think in this we'll case, take him back home. we'll take him back home, Max. Yeah, I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would. I'm with yeah, you, Don. When Dodger. he's on the field, he's – you take Mike Tread out of the equation. When he's on the field, he's as good as anyone well, in well, baseball. But, but who do you compare him to? Because, like, you mentioned Winfield. You mentioned Strawberry. They yeah. were kind of lankier. Or, or I mean, Reggie. this guy's built oh, yeah. like he's, a lot. He's, he's a giant. taller he's than Reggie. He's a defensive end. He's Paul Bunyan. You know, yeah. he's he's Babe Ruth or Mickey Mantle in the sense that, oh, like, he is the symbol of the home run when he's on the field, right? And he can play. Yeah, but a lot of those, I mean, Bonds had power. McGuire. I mean, he's Mark McGuire. McGuire. Yeah. He, he may be a better, I, I think he's a better athlete than Mark. Even no though question. Mark pitched in oh, yeah. college. And he played third, too, yeah. And he, yeah, I think, he, I think he's a better athlete than him, but he's so big, man. He's so huge and powerful huge. that you just – you just marvel at him when you get an opportunity to see him play up close in person. It's crazy. And I know you know, Don, it's crazy. It's crazy. He is a bulked up Daryl Strawberry. Yeah. Like, Strawberry had all the tools, too. Could run, yeah. had a gorgeous arm. Remember remember that uh, all-star game at Wrigley Field? Like, he just has that. He was he was one of the players I just love to watch just in the field, never mind hit. But it, there's something special about him. But the negative, the byproduct of that is, is that a body that can play no PDs, you know, 36, 37 Don, years old. That's 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 the issue. Don, we're about to find out, I think. <laughs> we're about to find out. Don LaGreca, ladies and gentemen, co-host of the Michael K Show, 98.7 ESPN. Great talking to you, Don. Oh, right, thanks, Don. man. This was fun. G-Sean, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Guys, Aaron Judge as a rookie. This always amazes me, Key J, when a rookie can can like show up like the greatest of all time among those types as a like what Mahomes did his first full year. It's just impossible, right? As a rookie, Aaron Judge came in. Key, he hit fifty-two home runs. <laughs> Scored 128 runs. Both those led the league. 
114 ribbies, 422 on base, 627 slugging, came in second in the league and MVP behind Altuve. Like, and then he hasn't really been able to stay fully healthy since played 155 games that year. And then 112 and 102 games, still hit 27 home runs in both those seasons. But then last year played 148 games, hit 39 home runs, balled out. The dude is so good, and it's not just the power. He can run, he can throw, he can catch, and he can really hit, not just hit for power. He takes the ball the other way, up the middle, he can hit it. But he is almost 30 years, 29 years old, and he is injury prone. What is that contract going to look like, man? Key, what would you give him? But is he really injury prone, Max? I mean, when you look at his rookie season and then in between he had two years where he missed a little bit of play time. But for the most part, he's been there. He's given you an average of about 120, I would say about 130 games a season. I mean, that's a lot of baseball. Um, I'd pay him what he's worth. You, you're paying what he's worth. You can't sit around and worry about if he's going to be injured four years from now. Because guess what? If you don't pay him and you let him walk out of the door and he stays healthy and somebody else pays him, you'll be kicking yourself for the next 10 years no, you trying to him. figure out why, why did we do that. Yeah, you got He's a guy you cannot let walk out the door. he's a of the organization right now for the New York Yankees. He really is. Like, when you think of the New York Yankees, who do you think of? Yeah, Judge. Judge. Yep. I don't I – don't, there's no more uh, Derek Jeter. I'm not thinking Derek Jeter. Jeter's been gone. It's about Judge. It is, and I, he's a guy you cannot let walk out the door. I will say this, though. Like, when the Mets let Daryl Strawberry out the door, he went to the Dodgers, but in retrospect, it was the yeah, right but, move. But His Straw prime was, was over. Yeah, but but, no, I, but no, I was about no, to say, no. Straw was sort of the old strawberries, right? They were not the fresh, crispy ones that got the crunch to it. Though They had little brown spots in them. Uh, when he... He left in like 89, no, no, later than that. It was like 91 or something. Yeah, like, he was, he was they, still, they got, a, they got all the strawberry juice they could get out yeah, of Yeah, there was a little, there was a little shine off by then, just yes. a little bit. Yeah. So there's no way Brian Cashman lets this dude walk out the door. Like, there, no, it, you can't. Just, let him it, you can't. And I, I, I got to tell you, from a sheer fan perspective, and as being a an, an professional athlete back when I was 21 years old, full time, but being around athletes, I have to tell you guys, I, I found myself geeking out. I was down in Miami for vacation. This is about maybe six or seven months ago. And we were both – we had two cabanas next to each other. And Aaron Judge had the cabana next to me. And I found myself, Key, I could not – this dude was massive. I was looking no, at him. Yeah, I, I found myself door. staring at him like, damn, you look like Zion Williamson. But you play baseball? It's crazy. You know, no, he don't look – hey, Jay, you, you no, must have no, saw him in before – he started back working out because he don't look like Zion. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying no, I'm not saying the bat out of slot, out of shape, Zion Williamson. But I'm saying like the the chisel, like it, just the the thighs alone and I the brought arms. Up, I brought up Daryl Strawberry, Dave Winfield. These dudes were six six, okay? Yeah, Dave and they Winfield, were like Daryl Strawberry. They were two twenty ish. They were in that range. Mark McGuire was massive. He was six five, like two forty. Yeah, but right? Mark, but Mark was two. 40 when he was doing the other stuff. Yeah, that's right. Otherwise, but he was like he 225. Was, yeah, otherwise, yeah, yeah. he was a 215 guy. Yeah, yeah. Nice and slim with thick thighs. So, Aaron Judge is checking in at 6'7", 282. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, see, you don't even get Oof. that, though. The two, that's when you start tipping, weight. When you start tipping in baseball over 240, that's – that, that's a different human being. That's why he wasn't even a, a hotter prospect as he might have been because people are like, no player this big has yeah, ever been really a, good. Never, ever, ever, ever. Unless you were pitching. Uh, you know, Randy yeah. Johnson was a slim Jim, right. but he was a 
you know, six, a ten. footer. Yeah. He was a footer, so when the ball came off his fingers, it was already at the plate. I'm trying you to know? think of the biggest, strongest dudes back in the day. You know, there's never been. I mean, a- Bill Madlock was big, but he was more. He was more. Yeah. He was I, a singles he just, and doubles hitter anyway. He was just a big dude. So he's um, probably he's probably pay wise. You know, you think about where Mike Trout is, Mookie. Betts. Damn, you said six seven two eighty two eighty two. Bryce Harper, John Carlos. I had to think Stanton. about that. Yeah, John Carlos says that. $325 million. So he's probably right around there. Correct? He's so big that Giancarlo Stanton looks little and standing next to him. No, <laughs> we're talking about we talking about his size, Jay, not his money. I know. Yeah. I'm talking about I'm talking about I his mean, money well, Stan, right no, now. No, no. Stanton, Stanton signed that contract when he was younger. With the Marlins. Was, with the Marlins. And he was, he, he like, by the way, Stanton is another dude. When he's healthy, it's just ridiculous. But you, you don't want to base it on Stanton's contract because you'd be overpaying because Judge is almost saying. 30. But like where? So what price? Yeah, but he's a young. He but he's a young he's thirty a young year old. Back. Where's he at? Where are you gonna give him? He's right around that price mark. I, if I'm the Yankees, I would rather overpay per annum on a shorter deal if I could. So if that meant chopping it down to five years and giving him, you know, two hundred and twenty-five million, something like that, you know, like twenty-five over five, over five, right? Give him forty-five a year or whatever that is. Uh, that might be uh, ninety. Rather than rather than get caught in an Albert Pujols situation. Yeah, man. But yeah. It, I'd rather do. I'd always but, but rather Pujols, do that. But Albert Pujols was at the end when they, the Angels yes, decided no to doubt. do that. No, it's That's different with saying. Judge. You're right. You're right. Judge is not at That's the end. He's, he's going to be higher. Judge, if anything, like he he's judge still has young man skills. Judge is more in line with what's the what's the, I can't think of his name. He he went to Seattle from the Yankees. Robinson Cano. It's more the Cano. Kind that was of a bad to deal too. They should like Cano got ten years from Seattle and way too much money, and he didn't. And like you wouldn't have wanted. But he to wasn't as good. Years. But he wasn't as good as Judge That's either. True too. But I'm saying I'm talking about the length of the deal where you give Robinson Cano all that money when on the back end of that deal it becomes a bad deal. The first four years of that deal was like okay, great deal. The last six year is like uh, what are you doing? It's like the Dodgers when we gave Kevin Brown a hundred million dollars. Yeah. It was like, well, what are we doing? We can get two years out of him, and that's it. The rest of those years are bad years. Well, you, Right, and that's why I would say when you pay extra to do a shorter deal per year, you're just buying an insurance policy, really. Because like guys like Kirk Cousins who go year to year for part of it, they wind up making more than anyone else if they stay healthy and good, right? Yeah, but, I ain't betting on myself, though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, not when there's $300 million out there. I ain't I doing that. I wonder if he'd take two and a quarter for no, five. No, no. If I can yeah. get three, if I can, I can get, get three, three somewhere else, Key. Yeah. yeah why, if, if Bryce yeah, Harper can, if Bryce Harper can get what he gets with the great hair from Philly, and then uh, that's uh, the, that's the one. It's the Harper deal. That's yeah. You get Bryce Harper. Yeah. He gets the great Bryce, money Bryce coming over from Washington. Years, 330. Yeah. So he gets that from Washington. Uh, uh, what's our guy out west at the Angels? Um, you know, Bobby Bonilla still gets Mike paid Trout. by the Mets every Mike year. Mike Trout. Do you guys yeah. know there's a Bobby, yeah, Bonilla, Bobby Bonilla Day? day. In the, it, yeah. It's a million bucks every year. Key. Every Key. That was day. a bad. That was they had to do that deal though, Max. If you remember, I, I do. They Key, had Mike to Trout. do the deal because they were in financial a bad financial situation. Key Mike Trout, twelve years, four hundred and twenty-six points. Yeah, I mean, but 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 Mike Trout, they're paying that money too. But Mike Trout's been banged up too now. Yeah, yeah and Mike Trout also has the kind of skills that age very well. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented. Buy progressive insurance and uh, choose your own adventures up next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio Series, XM Channel 80. Guys, veteran wide receiver Cole Beasley. Just you could say one of the top free agents available, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he is a free agent available. How about that? Is yeah, that there you go. That's there he is. He's an available free agent. You uh, put the top on that. I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's, he is a free agent. That is one of One of the top free agents available, I think, is an accurate statement. That just goes to show you that there's not many free agents still available. He'll be one of the top when there are like correct. three left. All right. Uh, anyway, Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield, he's requested a trade, as everyone knows. And wide receiver really? Danny Amendola. <laughs> By the way, was it Amendola? I swear to you, I was hosting this just in the other day, and my father literally left me a, a, a voicemail. Uh, Brady needs Amendola, Max. You know, it's like one of these crazy old casual football fans. I'm like, Dad, please. He's been, looking at, the, the he's been looking at the Patriots too long. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um, they got in a throwing session, those three guys, today in Austin. We're all three NFL players, um, you know, in the offseason, according to Aaron Wilson of Pro Football Network. Key, what options does Baker have this offseason to reclaim some value? Is that stuff like that going to help him? Man, I, I don't know that it – I mean, it's he's got to work out, right? I'm so he's got to do it. Throwing to Amendola and Cole Beasley, that's – I mean, if that's the only guys he can throw to, the only guys that want to throw with him right now, that's what he has to do. Um, I think the only thing that can help him is is Seattle making a decision on whether or not they want to really play in this market with him. Other than that, there's no other real options. It sounds like to me that the Carolina Panthers are not interested. sounds like to me Carolina's thinking about uh, doing Sam Darnold again and even Cam Newton to a degree. Yeah, the only thing I would say with Baker is how do you stay relevant? How do you stay at the forefront of people's minds? And when you hear these kind of rumblings, you're like, all right, like, should there be some kind of hype video that Baker Mayfield does? Like, you leak footage, you show yourself throwing a Danny, you show yourself throwing a Cole Beasley, you get testimonials from people just in order to – because right now I feel like his stock is very, very low. People have forgotten that he is a formidable, suitable quarterback. Yeah, the problem is you got you you can't throw to Cole Beasley and Danny Amendola. You, you got to throw to Devontae Adams and – OBJs and Landry's and dudes like that, Julio Jones is. That's the thing. That's the people you got to be throwing to. Nobody care about no Cole Beasley and that's no Amendola. That's the Amandola. thing, Key. Here's the problem Baker's facing, and this is almost like the death knell, right? Those type dudes don't want to be thrown to by Baker Mayfield. They <laughs> exactly. They want to be thrown to by the top ballers. <laughs> exactly. And then it would go brutal. viral if you want to throw to somebody. It's brutal. But what's the alternative? You just go away? Nope, you're going to have to land. make do with what you got. Got to call Pete Carroll. <laughs> you got to do. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max back in 10 seconds. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You voted at KJ and Max on Twitter, and we listen. It's time for Choose Your Own Adventure. All right. What should we talk about in this segment, 945 segment? Cam Newton's future, 15% said, yeah, talk about Cam. That was the lowest vote total. 20, almost 2%. Talk about camp. <laughs> Wants to talk about Key's MLB uh, spring training tour. I didn't say. I, didn't, I, I, want just Key, I wanted Key to tell us where Cam's going to go. It's I, nothing it, to talk about. Apparently, I'm the only one who cares about it. Well, Key, your MLB tour, your 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 spring training MLB tour, received almost 22 percent of the vote. Okay, Lamar that's not bad. Jackson's contract, 23 and a half percent of the vote. Of the vote. I don't know how the much boat. of the vote, but of the vote. Brady's coaching situation, new and old, almost 40%, 39.4% of the vote. So that's what we're going to talk about. Here's Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL insider on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt. I do believe that. I understand that people want to make it out to be that Bruce and Tom don't get along. I would actually argue they do have a good relationship. Do they get after each other throughout this past year? Yes, absolutely 100%. But Tom didn't come back under some condition that uh, when if he decided to come back, that Bruce would ultimately be out. Bruce Arians was going to be the head coach as far as Tom Brady was concerned until he wasn't. Uh, these two things definitely did not happen as a result of one another. And personally, I believe the explanations that I'm being given. That's fine. He can believe it. And I can believe in my theory as well that I do believe Tom Brady coming back was what moved Bruce Arians up to the front office. I do believe the fact that Tom Brady supposedly had met with Stephen Ross on a boat down in Miami and that they were both planning with Sean Payton to be a package deal to the Miami Dolphins to go against Bill Belichick and the Pats again. So I do believe now that he's coming back, he retires, unretires to come back, I think he got what he wanted at the end of the day. And it just seems to me like this is, this is the reasoning that they're trying to give us to soften the blow because Tom Brady doesn't want to be a bad guy. He doesn't want that to be sounds, portrayed in the public uh, as a guy I, that does this to a franchise. Uh, just my theory. Key, just me. Before, key before uh, you weigh in. Just my theory. That sounds right to me, but Jeremy Fowler has this to say. I don't think it means anything weird for Tom Brady that he's off to Miami or some other team. You know, he's been involved in their free agency plan. In some cases, adding free agents like Russell Gage, Leonard Fournette on offense. Brady was a part of that and even called the players in some cases. So based on all that we know, he should still be a buck with Todd Bowles as his head coach. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Why are you rubbing your head? Why are you acting like you need a, you need a Tylenol? Well, it, because it... it, it Whenever we start these conversations before our shows and just start batting around what we think is news out there and the producer already knows what I'm, how I'm going to feel about it, it's just like I need to jump in bleach when Jay started talking about Tom Brady's Miami. He thought about Miami and he was on a secret boat. And Okay, cool. That, that's fine. But he's in Tampa. And he's going to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he's going to be the quarterback of the Buccaneers, and that's not the reason Bruce Arians decided to give the job to Todd Bowles. So I guess we're now going to empower Tom Brady 
in the in the um, in the conversation of hiring minority coaches too, huh? Hey, Tom Brady's the reason that the minority black coach is being hired because he decided to come back and make Bruce Arians quit and go upstairs so they can yeah, hire Tom a brother. Brady. Is there anything like, Tom Brady can't do? Man, like, see, he's incredible. He does oh everything. God. You know, I got to yeah. say, though, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why it sounds right to me. Let me just tell you why. Y'all because be, Tom Brady dude. retires. It's, it came out of left field. I never thought he was going to stay retired, and I thought the reason he gave was flimsy. Okay? Sure enough, he didn't stay retired. But I wonder why you – why do you do it? Like, why go through all that? To me, an explanation could be he'd like to go somewhere else, whether that's Miami or San Francisco. Who, who knows where? It seemed to me like he wanted to go somewhere else. He found out he couldn't. He came out of retirement. Now it comes out, shortly after Tom Brady comes out of retirement, Todd Bowles is upstairs. Bruce Arians Arians moves upstairs, and Todd Bowles is his head coach. And Todd Bowles, as people have said today, is more Belichickian in terms of his like Uh, kind of no-nonsense, straightforward approach. I don't know. Like, Key, it's all circumstantial. It may not be anything, (laughs) but that cheese tastes good to me. No, oh, I, I like I, the cheese. I, I, I get the germ spreading. I understand. You follow the breadcrumbs. It, it, it's a coincidence. He leaves. Great. He comes back. He leaves. Oh, all of a sudden, I need more Belichick. So I like Ty Bowles because he's more like Belichick than Bruce Arians, who's more like a screaming or yelling and nonsense. And he likes to have fun. And I want to be straight in, in straight lace and be just perfect. And I, I need Belichick for that. But I can't get Belichick. So I'm going to get Ty Bowles and I'm going to do it with Ty Bowles. Like man, stop! I don't, I don't. I just sometimes my brain just thinks about how people move, and it's like, hey, let me call some reporters so, but, and say, hey, I got this exclusive for you, but, but it has Jay, to be on my timetable. I'm fifty years old. I don't have time to do this at the quarterback spot. I'm old. I got a couple years to play because I just want to finish up good and win a championship. I don't have time to be calling reporters so, and leaking things and. He doesn't have time for that. So, guys, guys, the fans wanted to talk about Brady's new and old coach. They are the producers of this segment. They choose what we talk about. Well, we talked, you know, like, is, are they, do they mean Bruce Arians or do they mean Bill Belichick? Because Robert Kraft, Patriots owner, said this at a press conference about his expectations for the Patriots. It bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game in the last three years if it takes if it takes a few years for the team to to be you know in true contention or do you expect that to happen as I, soon as this year uh i expect it to happen as soon as this year all right key as soon as this year I robert know. Kraft is tired of not winning playoff games i know i i, I yeah I, I i think he's you know he's frustrated He's at an owner's meeting. And what are the first what are what is it one of the first things I say about the owner's meetings? If you remember, Max, they like to get in the room yeah. and walk around yeah, and talk it. about their great experience this past season and how the championship and the playoffs and you know, they don't want to talk about the three hundred the yacht they just the bought. owners without the rings can't even look them they in the eye. They can't even look them in the eye. The owners <laughs> without the ring walk down the hallway with their little briefcase and their lawyer on the side and keep walking. <laughs> Meanwhile, huddled up in the corner is the guy who just went to the championship, you know, Stan Kroenke. He's standing there. He's probably talking to, like, Mr. Tish, who just won a few back in the day. And they're, oh, how was this experience playing at home? The Glazers, oh, well, you guys did a great job like we did. You know, it's all that. Oh, so and Bob Robert is looking Kraft. there and going, yeah. yeah, my rings are dusty. 
Yeah, Robert Kraft losing some some cachet in the social networks in which he no, is moving, not. right? When Man, he gets Jay, to the Jay, meeting of the bosses of all bosses. I, I don't not. know if you, Jay, let me tell you something. This is why I always bring it up. I don't know if you've ever been to an owner's meeting in basketball. I or have. Not. But in football, they're comparing notes, right? They're going to caucus in the corner and discuss what they're doing and all that. And Oh, yeah, hey, my wife is involved a we bought a boat, and it's a two fifty. And the other guy, you know, oh, Mr. Snyder, he just bought one to three hundred. And what are you going to do? Uh, that's cool, but it's something about talking about the free agent you sign, the big money that you're getting ready to shell out on some more free agents. That that that's something. But that at the end, it's about the ring at the table. How was the? What did you do for the Super Bowl after party? If you and I can't have that conversation, Jay can't get in the room. We're mad now. We was in that room multiple times. Six Super Bowl after parties. But guess what? It's almost getting the back in the day territory. Them six Super Bowl. You're germ spreading right now, Keyshawn. Six Super Bowl after parties is not the same as the one in 2022. The one in 2022, they had Dr. Dre at the halftime. They had everything. Not what they had back then. They probably had like Sinatra. Who do you the blowfish? That's years ago already. Who do you in the blowfish? Yeah, it was something that's different. <laughs> they had Sammy Davis Jr. and Sinatra in them think at the about, last one. Think about, how cool, think about how cool Stan Kroenke walking, talking about, man, you know, we had oh, Mary we gotta get out of here. Had- Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.